You're listening to The Broken Meeple Show, a podcast that speaks passionately about board games for the benefit of those who play them. My name's Luke Hector, best known for The Broken Meeple YouTube channel, and I'm an everyday gamer just like you. And I'll be talking about reviews, top tens, and just about anything that connects me to board games, as long as I have a tea or coffee in hand, that is. So grab a cup, relax, and enjoy. And remember, it's only a game. Hi everybody, it's Luke Hector here. Apologies for any fan noise because the laptop is going on a blitz at the moment trying to start up. But yeah, this is the 16th of October 2022 for a post-Essen review episode. Yes, this is a... You know, going to be a little bit quicker than I think than other episodes, mainly just because I've got a lot of games to get on with. It's kind of insane. But I wanted to give an overview of what Essen was like. I've done some vlogs. I've uh, you know done some streams of Paul Grogan. But I kind of wanted to give my own personal podcast overview in general. So in terms of the channel itself and what's been going on, generally life's pretty good. I mean, I was knackered after Essen. I was like so tired and I went straight back to work on the Monday. You know what? Paul Grogan, you've convinced me I will take the Monday off next year and have that day to travel home and recuperate a little so I can stay the full Sunday at the convention and not have to rush home. It's maybe just taking it a little bit out of me. But otherwise, things with the channel are pretty sweet indeed, actually. The top 100 is finally finished. I finally finished the top 100. So now I can put that behind me and move on to other projects. And I mean, we're almost up to 10k views for it after what, you know, two days or so. So not as quick as previous years, but still really, really good. And still, you know, 12 people seem to have a problem with my top 10, but whatever, 558 likes and all the engagement. I mean, look at that 94 comments on there. And most of that isn't me because I've yet to respond to a lot of the comments. I just haven't had time, but I will do at some stage. But yeah, that's a lot of comments for the top 10. So yeah, I'm glad everybody's enjoyed it as well as the top 20 there. So top 30, I promised you I would get it done and I did. Although linked to that, I do have to mention something Guy mentioned on that top 10 as well. I will do an aftermath live stream for this where I'll go over what games fell off the list, what publishers and designers featured. You know, a quickie live stream, it'll be pretty impromptu maybe short notice but i will certainly try and do one uh but also thanks for everybody who tuned into the unboxing videos i did with the essen uh videos the essen games i bought because i was really surprised at how like well received they were you know look at that essen hall unboxing part one and part two and the vlogs multiple thousands of views on there i mean i mean not for some reason part one more than part two but four thousand people have watched me just unbox a bunch of Essen games. It's not even a full unboxing. It's basically just me with the side view from my tablet, my Samsung tablet, and its microphone, which apparently is a lot better than I thought it would be for a tablet microphone, going through a bunch of these games which I've got here, which is a ton of games. I mean, if you're on the video uh, version, look at that. Woo-wee! Yep, and that's not even all of them. That's a lot of games. But if you're on audio, just let you know I've got, you know, Precognition, Vengeance, Hamlet, Deal with the Devil, Solar Sphere, Horizons of Spirit Island, we'll get onto that later, Kingdom Monster Island, Woodcraft, Starship Captains, Endless Winter, Lacrimosa, War of the Ring, uh, Banner Festival, Flamecraft, Attawa, Caverna Expansion, Scout, Eleven, World Splitters, World Exchangers, uh, Northguard, and that's not even all of them, because I think there's a couple in my bag, it's like, oh my god, there's a lot of games I've got to get through before Christmas, this is going to be uh, tough. 
to say the least, for the next few months. But that's not to say I won't do other top 10s. Top 10s are still going to come back. Collaborations are going to come back. All Aboard Gamer, you're still overdue for uh, a time on my show, which is partially my fault. So uh, don't worry, we'll uh, we'll get on with sorting that soon. I know uh, Chairman of the Board, Dan, has... Uh, asked to come back on the show and you know that was quite a fun list we did last time because both of us have very different tastes in games so we get two very different lists two very different set of opinions and of course i want to do more top 10 collaborations with with small creators anyway so definitely a thing that i'll bring back but at least that can be ad hoc with everything else mainly i've got to churn out a ton of these games for reviews or first impressions depending on how much time i've got i mean some of these are not going to lend well to full reviews just because of how much i can play it i mean for example i've got deal with the devil and starship captains starship captains has a solo mode and it's a you know 90 minute game and i want to get it played asap so i reckon that will get enough plays for a full review deal with the devil for example though it needs four players exactly. People need to do their research ahead of time, ideally. Watch a Paul Grogan's video on it. And it's a very eclectic type of game. I'll be lucky if I can get this played a lot of times. It might have to be a first impressions video. So I'm just going to have to play it by ear. But I spent the last couple of days solidly just unboxing the things. It's taken hours and hours. But they are fully unboxed, fully unpacked, you know, fully packaged up, sleeved if necessary, insert if necessary, like for 11. But they're now ready to learn and play. So... And I've already made a start, you know, I've already done Woodcraft, so Woodcraft review has been recorded, um, I've also done a review for Oathsworn, that should be going up very soon, because uh, if I don't get that up soon, it's going to be a bit late, <laughs> so I, I'm kind of already a bit late with that, so I've got to work quite hard at doing this podcast and that review edit today, so yeah, quite a bit coming up. But anyway, back to the point, I wanted to talk about the top 100, because the top 100 is great, and I do really like doing the top 100, but the time spent on it is quite vast, and it's enjoyable, but it's a lot of time investment and a lot of effort to set it up, get the list together, and to record 10 videos, which are basically, you know, 30 to 40 minute videos, which if you equate that to editing and recording time, usually is about four times that value. It's a lot of work. So, you know, bear in mind, I don't just simply stand in front of a camera and talk. I've got music, I've got the uh, um, movie stuff, I've got edits, I've got transitions. I've got a lot of stuff that goes into the videos more than, you know, some others. And so it takes time. So I can't do this around Essen each year because I try to do it in the summer. It usually goes a bit further and then it ends up in August, which then clashes with September and October, which then clashes with pre-Essen and post-Essen. It's too much work and I'll, I'll, I'll be in danger of hitting burnout if I'm not careful. So I put a poll up to basically say, okay, can I do this at a different time? Can I just say, look, can you wait a little bit for the next video or do you want it sooner in the summer? You know, and I basically said, I've got two options. Do it in quarter two of summer next year, which doesn't leave a big gap between like top 100s, which is my concern, but it does at least... Um, you know, mean that it will be in the summer when games are relatively quiet on their release. However, my preferred one was to do it in quarter one, winter, January, February time, because what this means is that I can do it in a period where games are just dead. Like, I've done my top 10 of the year, I've done, you know, Essen, and games suddenly stop releasing. 
because January, February and March, barely anything comes out. So there's not that many reviews in that time. I tend to do more top 10s in that period. So why not do the top 100 in that period? It would make more sense. It would spread my workload out and be a lot easier. The problem is, can't do it in January of 2023. That's a little bit soon. So it would have to be 2024, which means waiting a few extra months for the top 100. Well, I put out a poll and said, okay, you know, people, what do you think? I, I asked on the video, I put up a poll, and the vote is pretty unanimously in favor of January, February, quarter one, 2024. 73% of the votes, of which there's over 500 there, have voted for early winter, quarter one, 2024. So like I say, summer Q2 2023 would only be eight months away, whereas the quarter one early winter is 14 months away. And there are some, there are good arguments for both sides, but I personally think I prefer with early winter. 73% of you have voted for that, so that's what I'm going with. So all this basically just means is that there won't be a top 100 in August, September next year like there typically is. It will be delayed until January of quarter, I'll, I'll start work on it in January basically, and we'll start recording it in January slash February, and we'll spend most of the time churning out that content. This means that you'll be able to get the top 100 wrapped up in a quicker space of time, so you haven't got to wait ages for it to wrap up. Like now, I mean, I've had to spread it from mid-August all the way to mid-October. That's too long. You know, I should be able to get the top 100 done in a month, month and a half tops, with, you know, doing it in January, February time, because I can focus the majority of my time on that. And also, because it's a little bit further into the future, it means that you might notice a bit more of a chop and change with the list. Eight months down the line, I don't think my tastes are going to change that radically, but 14 months down the line? Bear in mind, that's going to include next year's Gen Con and Essen releases, as well as this lot. You could see a significant change in the top 100, so that you're not completely guessing what my top 10 is and things like that. I think it will be better for the list, I think it will be better for my sanity, and I think you'll get something out of it as well. So that's the decision. So, you know, no top 100 around the August, September time next year. You'll just basically get more pre-essence stuff as normal, but also more, you know, normal top 10s, obviously, but at least nothing that requires my time to such a dedicated level, because around Essence time, it's just too much. Essence requires a lot of my time, a lot of my attention, you know, setting up meetings with publishers, doing review copies, getting this wall of games that I've now got to play and review. It's too much to do a top 100. You've just gotta bear that in mind. I'm just me, I'm, I have a day job, this is my hobby, it's not the Dice Tower with 10 people that they can call on every day to do reviews on a rapid rate. You know, all the big players out there have got teams, they don't just act by themselves, you know, unless they literally just stick in front of a camera, tilt for 10 minutes and that's it, which I don't want to do. I want my videos to be a bit more professional than that. So it's just the way it is, that's how I'm going with it. Right, bit of tea. And we'll get on to the next segment. So I want to talk a bit about Horizons of Spirit Island. Now, I said I was going to do a review of this game, probably. That might have to be changed because not this wasn't a review copy. It was a bit of swag that I got from Great and Games because I helped them out during the uh, demo period. And I thought I was going to review this one. But here's a few reasons why I can't. Not because I dislike this game. I mean, it's... Spirit Island made simpler. Of course I'm going to like the game. It's hardly a, a, you know, hardly a thing to consider. But there's a problem with me reviewing this one. 
I already own all of Spirit Island. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Um, it should appear on the chat. Um, there you go. There's the picture. Uh, it's one of my favorite games of all time. I love it to bits and I know how to play it. I am certainly not an expert at a game. There are people I know locally in that who are much bigger experts at winning this game than I am, but I at least know what I'm doing. To suddenly go into a simpler version of it and have an unbiased view as to how simple the game is to learn is going to be quite tricky to be objective about. Now, I could simply just give it to a bunch of people and say, all right, you play this and let me know your thoughts. And I have done that for one party, but again, I'm just relaying thoughts like I'm going to do today. But it's not really me doing an objective review. The main reason I wanted this game was because I wanted the spirits. That was it. You know, I don't need this board with the tokens and easy rules and that. I just wanted five of these level one spirits. <laughs> I wanted this. And so that was the reason I got the game. To get those spirits, which I have played around with. So I can at least tell you that the spirits are cool. They're five low complexity spirits, level one complexity. They've got their own cards, their own play styles, although you can compare some to others like Sunbright Whirlwind here, this uh, sunlight kitty cat. Definitely bears a strong resemblance to the River Racing Surge or whatever it is, the uh, Control River one. Uh, this guy here, the Territorial Dragon or what looks like Tremors Worm or something, is basically deal lots of damage. You know, pretty straightforward. Uh, this uh, dragon I quite like. He basically reduces the health of invaders and also does damage. You know, that's pretty cool. I think my favorite is not this one. Uh, he's probably my second favorite to play around with. Uh, the Fathomless Mud of the Swamp, which is an otter covered in mud. It's an otter. Otters are cute. Why would you not want to play an otter? But he's quite tricky to get to work. I mean, he's uh, against certain adversaries. He's somewhat underpowered, but... I find him quite fun to use, the idea that he stops uh, buildings being built, so you have to deal with explorers more, pair him up with a spirit that's good at dealing with explorers, like maybe sharp fangs or stuff like that, and you can have a pretty interesting character to play. But my favourite is the eyes watch from the trees. This is basically googly eyes from lots of holes in the trees. It's quite a funny picture, but this one is basically what I like to do in this game. Defend and generate fear. Generates a lot of fear does a lot of defense, moves the Dahan around, does not have a lot of ways to to actually deal damage. In fact, damage for this uh, one is pretty sucky. But the idea is, is that you let the Dahan do the damage for you because they've got a very good uh, Dahan movement power card, but they've also got an innate power, well, special rule, sorry, where every time they add defend, they gather a Dahan. Very useful. So this one I've really enjoyed playing. Interesting to see what tactics you can get from this one. But like I say, the five spirits are great. But that's essentially what I'm doing. I'm just basically playing the spirits. So how can I review the game and say, I recommend this game because the five spirits are cool? If you already have Spirit Island, that's the sole reason you bought this game is because you want those five level one spirits. I wish that Greater Than Games released them separately, but sadly that's not the case. I mean, I got it for free. Can I recommend that you buy this game in order to just get five spirits? That depends on how much of a fanatic you are of Spirit Island and how much you desperately want these spirits. I know I did, so I would have bought it regardless. But that being said. So, I mean, the component quality is fine. I mean, you get tokens instead of miniatures and you get a board which is double-sided for two and three players only. No four-players game. But then, frankly, why would you... I don't want to play Spirit Island four-player most of the time. And... You get cards which are similar to you know, the same as the other game. 
you get your money, you get some recommended setup, so it's pretty much Spirit Island, but it doesn't have events, it doesn't have those tokens, so it's kept a lot simpler. But one thing I can say about this version of Spirit Island, which is pretty sweet, is the rulebook is kind of like a semi-revised rulebook, so it is a little bit clearer to understand, but there's also a, a, a quick start guide in it. It walks you through the entire first round of the game, word for word verbatim, with a select number of spirits, and you just get guided. You don't do a thing. It tells you exactly what to do. You know, put the card, put this card down. Put this growth option, you know, place this on land six. You know, it takes you through the entire thing that you are doing, illustrating how the game works. And then in the second round, it lets you get on with it. I do feel that maybe it should have gone a bit further than just the first round. But because it literally does everything you do in the game in that first round verbatim, it does mean that you have a pretty decent understanding of the game when you play it at that point. I thought it was written quite well. Uh, people I've shown it to have used that guide and it's helped. I mean, they've got a general understanding of the game. This will not make you a Spirit Island veteran, no way, but it will at least get you started and, you know, willing to try it or, you know, okay, I'm kind of done with it. But you have to understand that this was meant for a target audience. Now, what this doesn't do is make Spirit Island an easy game. <laughs> it's like, no. I mean, this is basically the equivalent of taking Quantum Physics, which is Spirit Island, and then having quantum physics for dummies, and that's this one. You know, this is Spirit Island for dummies. It's still Spirit Island. It's still tough. It's still hard. It's still complex. It's just a little bit more accessible. So certainly if you are on the fence about Spirit Island, and you want to maybe bring younger players into this, I mean, even then... They've got to be pretty hard gamers, but let's say you want to just dip your toes in, see what it's like, and get used to some easy spirits that don't have tons of uh, ridiculous combos to pull off and that, then this is a good way to do it. But for a diehard fan of Spirit Island, you're literally just going to harvest the spirits out of this and then do whatever you want with the rest of the box. In fact, I'm a little bit concerned because now I've got a copy of Horizons with no spirits in it, because the spirits are now in my main box. I think what I'm probably going to do is I'm going to print out the spirits online. I'm going to print them out and laminate them. And then I'm going to put them in the box. And then I'm going to give it to my uh, board game library, uh, Dice Cafe. So that they, I don't know if they have the normal Spirit Island in there. But if they do, I don't know why it's in their library. Because frankly, who on earth is going to pick up Spirit Island and try and learn it? But I reckon that if I put the Horizons of Spirit Island one in there... Maybe it'll get a bit more place. We shall see. But that's why I'm not really going to review it. I mean, it's it's Spirit Island. I love it. I, can I give it a 10 out of 10? I don't know, because I'd rather play the bigger version. But then I can't really downvote this too much just because it's a simpler version of a game that I like the complexities of, because it does what it says in the tin. It's easier, more accessible Spirit Island, even though it's still complex. So it's more of the good stuff if you're into that kind of thing. I just say run with it and see what you want. You know, you know whether you want to get this as a learning game. You know whether you're just going to harvest the spirits. I recommend it if you just want to harvest the spirits. But again, that involves you spending your hard-earned money on it. So really, this is just a case of what are your circumstances and go with it. I can't really give it a rating. It's just you know what you want. This is what I'm telling you. I'm just giving you a lowdown of what the game is like in terms of this production. And you make your own decision. I think that's the only way it's going to happen. Okay, so let's get on with the rest of the episode then. Uh, you know, keep it short, just to talk about Essen and my experiences there. So, 
Essen 2022 is finally over. Whew. Yes, and already we have the dates for next year. Um, I forget the exact dates. I think it's something like the 5th to the 9th or something. But basically it's the first week of October again. And it's that Thursday to Sunday of that period. And hotels are either keeping bookings saved until nearer the time. Or the ones that aren't are getting booked up. You need to get on this stat if you want to go next year. I seriously suggest just booking something. If you're driving, book somewhere outside of the city and drive in each day. Because trust me, it will be a lot easier and cheaper for you to get accommodation. Um, if you are flying in, then you better find somewhere and just expect you're going to be paying a bit of a pretty penny. But do your research. Make certain that you are near the public metro transport line so that you can easily get from your hotel to the Essen Centre itself. I, for one, will drive again. Whether Paul Grogan will be a passenger, I don't know because it was convenient this year, but he knows other people more local to him that are also planning to go next year. And if they do, maybe he'll go with them just for his convenience, which makes sense. But also, I drive a small car. They might drive bigger cars. More room for him to put his wad of games. More on that later. But, yeah, that, so I don't know if I will have a passenger next time. Whether that means I take someone else along remains to be seen. But, uh... That's just the way it is. I'll be driving next year as per usual, either by the Euro Tunnel or by the Hooker Harland Ferry. Um, or Hooker Holland or whatever it is, Hooker Holland Ferry. One of the two I usually do. Uh, or even the ferry across the channel. Whatever. I pick a route. As long as I'm driving, I'm happy. Because it's not that arduous a journey. It's pretty much four hours on the other side of the channel border as the crow flies across the E-numbered motorways. It's just a straight motorway. Bit boring, but it's still you know, an easy trip, and two, and about two hours, two and a bit tops on the other side to get to the Channel Tunnel, it's, you know, not that long a journey, especially when it's broken up in the middle, it just costs a pretty penny in fuel, but still cheaper than flying, and it means I've got a car boot, which I can park at the centre and dump stuff in it, it's so convenient, so useful, you just can't put a price on that, so, you know, that's my plan next year, I've already reserved a couple of uh, uh, hotel accommodations as options, so, you know, I'll I'll solidify what I'm doing accommodation next year. Because the thing is, if I choose to help another publisher out, which I usually do at Essen, then that publisher might have accommodation. I don't know. But they don't always, but they might do. And so I can't solidify my plans until at least like August next year. But, you know, for now, at least I'm covered so that I'm definitely going next year. Now, uh, to talk about the event itself, I forget what numbers they said. About 140-odd thousand, I think, were their numbers. It felt busy but not too busy i thought like it had you know relative you know it i could move around yeah there were times where there were some busy bits particularly with queues from certain booths but now i even on the saturday i felt like i could get about the place and do my thing you know but you won't necessarily get into demos you want to do particularly on a saturday it still reigns true that thursday and sunday are your quieter days and friday and saturday are your busy days and saturday is the busy day like if you're going to write off one of the four days and do your own thing write off saturday because you just struggle to get into demos but you know it still felt relatively quiet for a typical year but not too quiet it was certainly more than last year i don't think we'll ever get to pre-covid levels um i think that's a thing of the past but you know next year 
please Essen organizers remove the requirement to wear masks. I know a few people caught COVID from you know, Essen, but it's a giant convention with thousands of people. Yes, of course, somebody is going to get COVID. It doesn't mean it was a super spreader event, but wearing a mask in those places is annoying. It's hard to breathe. It's hard to demo when you're talking through a mask. And there were times where I forgot to put it on because I'm like, oh yeah, I've got to put it on because I've barely worn it for the last year because in the UK, we don't have those restrictions anymore. It's just, you know, take them off. People will be, make it optional. If you want to wear a mask at Essen, then do ahead, make it an option, but don't force everybody to do it. I just think that needs to change. And a lot of people have issued a similar for viewpoint. The, uh, the games that were released... I didn't really think there was any major hits. Like, remember last year, Ark Nova was the thing. Like, you had to get Ark Nova. It was insane. But this year, not so much. There were some games that were popular. I mean, Lacrimosa, Atua, Flamecraft, uh, Deal with the Devil and Starship Captains, Endless Winter, you know, Woodcraft to an extent. I mean, there were some popular games but nothing that was really like, oh, this is the must-buy at Essen. There was no one big hit that dominated the whole convention, in my opinion. It just seemed to go that way. But certainly some ended up being more popular than others because of logistics. Yes, as with every year, Germany and Brexit and the world shipping crisis make logistics a pain for publishers. I do not envy publishers who have to deal with this rubbish all the time. Essentially, it's hard for them to get their stock over. Sometimes the stock doesn't even appear and they've wasted their money. It's really, really painful for them if the customs decide to be a pain with them. So I'm saying the word pain. I, I don't want to swear, but yeah, there's plenty of other words I can think of. But yeah, there were a few horror stories of some publishers barely getting any copies and having to re release only something like 40 a day. Great Western Trial Argentina, 40 copies a day and that was it. You queued in advance for that. Hamlet. Restricted amount of copies. Uh, you know what else was there? I'm trying to think. Uh, some publishers, uh, Portal with Eleven and Endless Winter and uh, Luginaut and that had plenty enough stock. But I think if you were based in Europe, you had an easier time than anybody who came from the states or the UK by the looks of it. But I know that uh, Dwanda Games uh, struggled to get a lot of copies of their Solar Game over. Uh, Lacrimosa only had so much. Ares games with Wardering the Card Game just struggled to get any of that stock. I was lucky enough to get a copy anyway. Uh, the Wolves. I didn't get a chance to buy the Wolves. I wanted to try the Wolves as a particular game, but I couldn't because it barely got any copies along. And by the time it was there, it sold out, which is why it's number one on the hotness right now. Because everybody's like, what is it like? What is it like? What is it like? Because nobody's got it. <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, even Revive was uh, popular to get as well. The queues out of the Madigo Center were like crazy. I did not buy Revive because for 80 euros I thought it was a bit of a ripoff. But I have asked for a review copy and um, Jeremy Howard from uh, Manford Meeple certainly put in a good word for me to do it as well. I have emailed them. I've asked for it. They've acknowledged at the time that they were going to send something. But I haven't had a response to the email. So... How often do I keep chasing before I sound like I'm bugging them? You know, I'm a little bit concerned with that. But at the end of the day, I've got so many games to revive. I'm sorry, to revive, to review. It's not like I desperately need to do revive at any point. I mean, board game ramblings have already talked about revive. So is Man vs. Meeple. Other people will talk about revive. I mean, 
It could be a really good game, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was going to be a five-campaign game I'd have to play through. Apparently, that's uh, mismarketing. That's not a big deal. So, I don't have to worry about that. But I'll play Revive when I can. I'm not in a rush. You know, I'll try and get a copy before the end of the year. But I'm not going to rush out of the way because it's not like I haven't got more to play. We'll just say that Revive is one I review a bit further down the line. You know, what's wrong with that? Uh, maybe it will come out in retail before then, in which case I don't need a review copy. I'll just get it on retail and review it at that point. Certainly, I want to do that with The Wolves, and I certainly want to do that with, um, uh, what's the other one I couldn't get? Uh, Beer and Bread. In fact, saying that, Kiender are getting some pre-orders later this month, and I know they're getting Beer and Bread, so I will be getting a copy of that eventually. What else was there? I can't remember. Was it The Wolves? I got a feeling it might have been the walls, but I'd have to check my emails. I know there was a couple of games that they were getting pre-order that I said, all oh, right, you know what, I'll wait for you to get copies of them. But we'll see how that goes. But yeah, that was mainly it. If people queued up for games, it was usually just because of logistics as opposed to the big game everybody's got to do. So thank you to everybody who came and said hi. It was really nice to meet you all. Uh, you do not have to be afraid to say hi, even if I'm demoing games. For Saturday and Sunday, I demoed games for Greater Than Games, and they're a lovely bunch, lovely bunch of people, and I really enjoyed those demo days. It's very tough to demo Spirit Island, particularly for a mask, but I managed. But demoing Sentinels was a breeze. I mean, I know the game like the back of my hand. I could jump in or jump out, recommend certain scenarios. I'm probably sick to death of Baron Blade by now, but still... A lot of people enjoyed the game after I showed it to them, so that was a good fun day. But yeah, some people met me during the time I was there, and honestly, you do not have to be afraid to say hi. Come and say hi. I may look like I'm on a mission sometimes. If I'm in a hurry, I'll tell you I'm in a hurry, but I'll still acknowledge that you said hi and be thankful for it, okay? Most of the time, you'll be able to catch me for, you know, for time. You're more than welcome to grab a selfie. I mean, I don't expect to be treated like royalty. I'm just some dude who talks about games, but... You know, if you want a selfie, if you want to say hi, give me a hug and that, just do so at a convention. You never need to feel like I'm going to bite. You never need to feel like it's going to like annoy me or anything like that because it won't. I love it when it happens. Trust me, just go with it. <laughs> go with it. Uh, but thank you to everybody who did. It was great to meet some, put some names to faces, particularly of any Patreon supporters um, or anybody I know off other channels and that. So, yeah. Thank you very much for those who did it. It made my day every single time it happened. Uh, what else? Uh, I went out with Paul Grogan, as I said. So, uh, Paul Grogan Gaming Rules. We get on well. Uh, he's from my original neck of the woods, pretty much, the West Country. And if we live closer together, I dare say, we'd be gaming a lot together. But sadly, I'm in Hampshire. But I will be seeing him later this month for uh, Frostpunk. So that's going to be fun. That should be good fun. I'm going to go visit the parents and play some Frostpunk with him. But that should be a good fun uh, video. But the otherwise, you know, he travels up, he comes to my house, we travel up together, I boss him around in terms of, oi, get back to the car, or oi, you know, you need to be here for this time or something. Whether he follows his instructions is another thing. Because <laughs> as, uh, as great as he is, he's not the best in terms of time urgency. Particularly if people catch him unawares to say hi, or if he gets distracted getting a ton of games. Yeah, he turned my car into a truck. Pretty much. I thought I got a lot of games. And if anything, I think I probably got less than I've done in previous years. He gets a ton of games. Not just review copies. You know, he gets a bunch of those. So he already has that lot to deal with. 
He'll then have some personal purchases, not a ton, but he'll have some. But because he runs the charity raffle at Gridcom, here's a little mini convention I'll be going to next month, a lot of publishers give him raffle prizes. And it's great. It's for charity. You know, it's a good cause. But that means lots more stock. A lot more stock. You know, it got to the point where I had to tell him, look, mate, your Steffenfeld City Collection or whatever it is, that stupidly oversized deluxe version of the whole lot, is taking up your passenger seat, okay? And everything else is full. And we got to get a luggage in here as well. Dude, you need to shift a ton of these games or you're not coming home with me. You know, I had to basically give him an ultimatum in that respect because it was like starting to get a little bit like constantly having to go back to the car in order to drop his stuff off at the end I was just giving him my keys and hoping that my poor Bessie was in good condition by the time he got back but you know he did shift some stuff he had to make arrangements to basically transfer the car all the games to you know a lot of the games to somebody else but even when we were driving back we had a boot full of the things it was ridiculous you know crazy amount of games you know he, he gets a lot which may be a reason that he drives with someone else next year, because if they've got a people carrier or a truck or something like that, it's better suited for his needs. But we shall see. Like I say, it was good fun traveling up with him, and it was nice to be at the same hotel. We were meant to share a room, but he ended up uh, sharing with um, Cephala Fair Games because he was demoing with them. So I had Stefan, you know, Stefan, uh, another roommate for half the week. The rest of the week, I was on my own. You would have spotted Stahan very briefly on one of my vlogs because he wandered into the room while I was recording. It's, you know, I'm having to time my recording vlogs with a roommate. It's, it's kind of tricky. But, you know, that all went pretty well. Hotel was the Holiday Inn where, oh, was it Premier Inn? I can't remember. One of the two. Premier Inn, I think. In the middle of the city next to the Essen Station. few games get played in the evening, but, I mean, there was the Patreon meetup for Gaming Rules on Thursday, which was really good fun. I remember getting very drunk with uh, Jeremy, Mark Dainty, and uh, Mike Nudd, and a couple of other people as well. So, you know, there was a lot of drinks. I was slightly hungover on the Friday, but it's just the way it is. Thursday and Friday was meetings with publishers and playing games. And But bearing in mind, because I'm doing all these meetings, I don't get to demo a lot of games. I'm usually demoing games that are on my maybe list to see whether they're worth getting or worth the fact. But... In terms of all this stuff, I don't have time to demo them because, you know, if they're if I'm getting them to review, why learn a demo now? Why not just get the copy and learn it in my own time? That's the way I see it. So a lot of these games I have not played yet, despite the fact that some people may have demoed it at Essen. But I've already done my vlogs about the games I've played, so I'm not going to go into detail here. Uh, Saturday and Sunday was the Great in Games demoing, as I said. So that was all good fun. One event I did miss out on, though, it was called Meet and Greet. Meet and Greet is apparently a three-hour window or something on Saturday where people, content creators, can meet up at the Meet and Greet event and say to their viewers, look, this is where I'm going to be at this time on Saturday. You want to come and play a few light games or just chat? Come here. I'll be here. I didn't pay enough attention to the Essen emails beforehand to realize that was a thing, so I didn't go to it. And anyway, I was demoing with Greater Than Games. Next year, I'm going to pay vast more attention to those emails. And if I see another meet and greet, I will do it. You know, as long as the timing works, I'll do it. Because it's it'll be a great time for people to be able to meet me. Because a lot of people are like, oh, where will you be? Or I missed you. And it's like, well, if I can be at a certain location, I'll be there. And then I can bring some uh, filler games along or something, you know, that we could play. You know, quick 15-minute fillers. And we can just say hi and chat and that. I think Paul Grogan went to it, 
he said it was pretty good. So uh, I think Mike Dennis also went to it uh, from Ready Steady Play. He said he really liked it. So yeah, next year I'll get in on that. That'll be quite cool. Alrighty, uh, what else is there to talk about really? Um, you know, journeying back was uneventful apart from just some roadworks in Britain. It was like smooth all the way through Europe. And then as soon as I hit Britain, it's like, welcome back. Here's roadworks. It's <laughs> kind of the way it is driving around our country. But we did the vlog on uh, Paul's channel. So we did a pre and post vlog on gaming rules. He did his own vlogs during the week. And I did my own vlogs during the week. Which uh, I was pleased to see that the tablet held up. It held up to the hotel Wi-Fi. It had a half decent camera. It had a half decent microphone. Nobody was complaining. And yeah, all well and good. I'm going to keep that Samsung tablet and use it for more impromptu live streams or unboxings and stuff. And yeah, I know somebody had a go at me saying, well, why don't you do an overhead camera? And it's like, well, I'm trying to. It's time, all right? I've got the crane. I've got uh, a camera that I can fix to it. I now need to figure out what microphone I'm going to put on it. But it's in the works. I'm trying to figure out the overhead cam setup. It's just going to take some time. You know, I have limited, I would love to have a person who literally did all that for me. Sadly, I don't have a spare techie worker that I can just call upon. It would be great if I did. Alrighty, so I'm going to take more drink because my throat is really starting to go here. Ah, right, what else to talk about with Essen? Um, I mean, I didn't get concrud or anything. I felt exhausted afterwards but I certainly haven't got COVID and I certainly haven't got a cold or anything so I think I got off pretty well I mean I'm wearing a mask and I've got a pretty good immune system and I've already had COVID at some point in my life so I'm pretty solidly uh, defensible against that uh, but what I suppose what uh, I'll go quickly over a few games as to why I grabbed them now some of these I grabbed mainly because I need to review them like I mean Lacrimosa I don't know if I like it or not looked good from Paul Grogan's playthrough but I figured it needs reviewing, I'll grab it. And a bunch of these others were a bit like that. So I'm just going to mention a few that I grabbed through my choice. Like it wasn't like, oh, I'm desperate to review it. It's more like, you know what? I want to try this one. I want to see what it's like. Uh, first up is, um, let's see, Precognition. Yeah, pre in fact, let me, I've been talking on this camera for far too long. Let's get the picture up and show off Precognition. So this is one, we'll call this, say, the ones I'm excited to get play. So Precognition, this is from Ludonaut Games. Not a lot of people know about this, but this has a dual card select system where basically you play cards out of your deck and everybody's deck is the same. But what you're doing is you're playing cards on yourself as well as your left and right neighbors. And basically, um, sorry, on your left neighbor. And but the idea is, is that the cards you play, you know you're going to get some of them back next turn. So you're kind of preparing for future turns as well as what you get now. You can play this in competitive team or co-op mode. I don't know if I like the sound of co-op mode, but I think the team mode could be quite cool. Where one of you on the team is trying to hinder the opponent's team and the other one is trying to help the other player. That could be quite sweet, but... You know, this dual select card system sounds pretty interesting. And I'm up for new mechanics, so I'm keen to see what this is like to play. It's got beautiful artwork and nice components in it, so it certainly is a looker. Doesn't look too complicated either. I've already unboxed it. Looks great. Just got to read the rules. And I'm excited to try this one. But yeah, I mean, I don't think many people are going to be like, ooh, gagging for a review of Precognition. But 
I wanted to get a review copy of this. Now, annoyingly, it only had French rules in it, so I had to print out some English rules in order to make it playable. But thankfully, it's a language-independent game, so I don't need to worry about that aspect. But yeah, I'm excited to see how this one pans out. Could it be a disappointment? We'll see, but either way, I'll give you my honest opinion on the fact. But certainly, yeah, definitely one that I wanted to get played as opposed to the masses wanted to get played. Alright, let's have a look. Oh, another impulse buy. I don't know if I'll actually review this one. If I do, maybe I'll do it on a podcast because it's not a review copy. But King of Monster Island. This is a co-op version of King of Tokyo. Yeah, and you kind of understand what the game is at that point. This basically has this big lava lord boss on an island. He's summoning minions and trying to open a portal. And you as the various monsters are out to get him. Possibly with support from the army and stuff like that. It doesn't look particularly complicated. It's got the same cool artwork. It's got this volcano that's not difficult to build. And, you know, a cool looking board with the standees. And lots of dice everybody everywhere that you chuck in the volcano. And you still get to roll those big chunky dice and get your hearts and, and bolts and claws and stuff. A lot of it is similar to what you know before. Now, I've heard it's pretty hard. And that is a slight concern. If it's too hard, that could be a bit of a pain. But it looks cool. I like King of Tokyo. I've still got the Dark Edition on my shelf down there. And it will be a simple one to play with people. You know, we'll be able to teach the rules relatively easily. It does look like there's quite a lot of tokens on the board and a bit going on. So maybe it's going to be a longer affair than most. But uh, I'm keen to get this one played and see what it's like. And I'll probably do like a podcast review of it. I don't think it will get a full video. But certainly I want to try this one out and give it a shot. All right, what have we got next? Uh... Next one would probably be, uh, let's see. Well, some of them I don't know a huge amount of details about. I mean, uh, Banner Festival, for example, is another one. Um, I've got Flamecraft and Banner Festival to review from uh, uh, Lucky Duck Games. Now, I've never played the original Tidal Blades. I know this is not an expansion to it, but it's basically a trick-taking game. There's very little in the box, actually. In fact, the box is way too oversized for what you get in here. It looks beautiful and gorgeous. But other than that, I don't really know what you do in this game. I just know it's a trick-taker. And as a trick-taking game, I thought, I like trick-taking. I want to try it. But also, 2 to 5 players, 30 to 45 minutes, weight 2.0. So it's not a difficult game. And you know what? With all these giant 2-hour, 3-hour games that I've got here, it's nice to have a few simple games. And so, <laughs> you know, this is going to be one of those. I mean, what do you do in here? Uh, so... Generate the most profits for your trading house by selling goods, befriending the suppliers, and making bets at the watercraft race. Uh, each turn, aim to play the highest, mid, or lowest merchandise card to unlock different actions. Utilize multi-use cards and trick-taking bouts to gain an advantage. Numerous paths to victory, but reading your opponents and timing your moves is the key to success. That sounds pretty cool. Sounds like a fun game. I'm definitely eager to get this one played, and hopefully it won't be a slog to get played. Okay. Uh, next one on the list, probably, let's see, I mean, most of these I wanted to get reviewed for review purposes. Um, episode 1, Vengeance, Roll and Fight, that was more of a uh, personal preference, um, because I've played the original Vengeance, and I gave it a 6 out of 10. I thought it was fine, but it was just such a faff to set up, and all those miniatures, and uh, you know, way too much. Well, now we got Vengeance Roll and Fight, Mighty Boards, and this looks like it retains that cool theme of, like, the Kill Bill-style thing, but turns it into a roll and write where you've got your individual maps, 
you've got your miniature on the board, you've got a ton of dice to roll, and shared pools and stuff, and you know what, if you've managed to retain the theme of vengeance, but make it a lot more easier to play solo, a lot more palatable possibly even for multiplayer, I'm down for it. Doesn't look too complicated, looks well produced, two episodes means that you could get a lot of different maps and a lot of different scenarios, so I'm up for this, I know I didn't think many people were going to be that interested in me reviewing it, but I wanted to give this one a shot. Uh, looking at other ones, let's see, I mean, the thing is, as I look over there, you know, games like Deal with the Devil, Eleven, Starship Captains, War of the Ring, Flamecraft, Attawa, Woodcraft, loads of people wanted me to review those. I mean, they're, you know, they're like some of the hotness games and people wanted me to talk about them. Although, Northgard is an interesting one. I didn't expect to get Northgard. I literally bumped into the chap from Studio H and uh, he gave me a copy there and then. He you know, knows what he does. I'm sorry, he knows what I do, sorry. And I, I didn't even really look at this game because I don't know anything about the video game. I've heard mixed reviews about the video game and it's got nice artwork, although the cover is a little bit on the bland side, but it's like, okay, fine. But yeah, I know nothing about the video game for this. So I didn't really pay it too much attention at first. But I've been given a review copy, and the more I look into it, the more I'm intrigued. It's a 4X style game where you're, you know, you're controlling the areas on the map and you're fighting against each other and that, but it's done with a deck building mechanic. So you've got these really nice like big cards with gorgeous artwork and various iconography on them, and you're using these cards in a deck building system in order to manipulate your stuff on the board. There's a module for creatures, which can have you know creature cards feature, but... Sadly, I'm not get I don't have the Kickstarter version, which means I don't have the deluxe version with even more better components and other modules that all sounded pretty good actually. Like it introduced random monsters that appeared on the map and stuff. If I like the game, I want to acquire those. But you know, the artwork is beautiful. The iconography doesn't look too complicated. The game doesn't look too complex, but it's a big box with a lot of tiles and that. And you know what? The more I've looked into it, I know somebody at my Portsmouth Club who has this already. I think they backed the retail version on Kickstarter, and that's how they got hold of it. But yeah, I'm more interested in this one. I originally didn't give it much cop, but uh, I'm more up for giving this one a try. But it might be a bit further down the line before I get round to actually playing it. <laughs> so there's a lot of other stuff that probably has to take priority. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm very keen to check this one out. Right. Really am struggling on my throat. So one more, one more to talk about. Let's see, one more. Uh, I mean, I've already got things like ISS Vanguard in that to play and review. That's going to be a, that might have to be a first impressions one, I think, ISS Vanguard. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, let's see. Come on. There's going to be another game there I can decide on very, 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 very quickly. Quickly. Hamlet. Actually, Hamlet, because Hamlet, I didn't think I was going to, it was even going to appear there, actually. And so the village building game, I've heard pretty good reviews for it. Apparently, there's a rule in the game that some people aren't happy with and they've house ruled, but I'll come across that hopefully myself. But, you know, I've got the founder's version. I hated the fact that I had to install this stupid cardboard insert and find a video on the internet that told me how to package it. Not in the rule book. Seriously, that's not acceptable. But cool looking tiles, good components. Bit of a faff with this cathedral. I don't know if that's even going to be worth having on the board, but fine, I've constructed it. And, and I like city building games, and this looks like an interesting one with a communal map that everybody's working on. So 
I'm keen to see how this one goes, but other than that, I don't really know much about the rules and mechanics of it, only that it was a bit of a pig's ear to sort of unbox and get ready, especially with this insert and the stickers and stuff. But nice components, good metal coins and that. I'm definitely up for seeing where this goes, but originally I wasn't that fussed if I got it, especially as I didn't think it was even going to be at Essen. You know, I thought I, I completely missed out on the Kickstarter because I wasn't really paying attention to said Kickstarter at the time, but... 2.65, 60 to 90 minutes, that's probably 90 to 120 in realistic terms. We'll see how it goes. I'm keen to see. Anyway, I really do need to wrap this up because my throat is going and, uh, you know, that's kind of an overview of some games I'm looking forward to getting played, what Essen was like in general, people I met, you know, and just had good times. So I look forward to Essen 2023. I hope that I'll be able to meet some of you again next year on that. But I also look forward to playing a bunch of these games and, you know, getting my thoughts on those. Hopefully they live up to the hype that they are doing. So that's it for me. I'll see you on the next podcast episode. If you like what you see, please remember you can thumb up the video. You can subscribe to the Patreon to help me out with review copies. But mostly get your comments down below. Were you at Essen? Did I meet you? Did you like the games? Anything you want to talk about? Highlights? Whatever. Get your Essen thoughts down below and let's hear what you have to say. Until next time, you can check out more content on the channel, including the Top 100, which is now fully finished. But also, by all means, check out any of the other previews I've done, like maybe the Tainted Grail one. That would be a nice one. Until next time, just remember, regardless of whether you attend Essen or not, they're still only games, so just do what you can and enjoy. Take care, everyone. Bye for now.